Welcome to Small Bites Radio with Donato Marino and Derek Tim. We hope you're hungry. Wildfire Radio, Small Bites. My name is Donata Marino with DNL Premier Bean to Barista Service. And I'd like to introduce a new person, Derek Tim. No, I didn't know. I was, must have been the shave, maybe. <laughs> you look better. You look sh- Thought maybe you fired me and my replacement was going to walk through the door. I would never do that to you. Never. Never. Maybe behind your back. <laughs> Next week. Yeah. But it's good to see you, Don. I'm Derek Tim at BlueJeanFood.com. And, uh, man, feels good to have wonderful smells in the studio. Yeah, welcome them back. Oh, yeah. A couple, couple few weeks. It's been a few weeks now we've had in guest studios. Mm-hmm. Ret- Returning in guest studios, in guests <laughs> returning to studio. I was out in the sun for ten hours, Don. Sun still doing the uh, baseball. Oh yeah, stuff. This stuff doesn't end. Don. It goes all the way to August. 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 Wow, you're, you're a good parent. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Don't get a word, but you are an amazing business person because you had just the greatest like festival today. Rave reviews, I heard. Yeah, we had even, roast. even espresso beans, chocolate covered espresso. Chocolate covered espresso beans. We did uh, uh, caramel lattes, iced. We had iced coffee, iced lattes, regular hot espresso cappuccinos. They worked out really well, and then, uh, the weather held up beautifully. It was like 82, 83 degrees, enough for hot or cold beverages. As at Rose Tree Park, the Italian American Heritage Festival. Hmm. So that sounds like a good time. It was. They had uh, everything for the kids. They had stage. They had you know Italian music, American music. All the old uh, Frank Sinatra tunes came out again. So it was nice. It uh, saw a lot of friends I haven't seen in years, which was good to see them. And they also had. Uh, you mean they weren't just like hiding from you overall? Well, they might have. I, I just happened to surprise <laughs> them when I jumped out from Did behind they? the tree. Say, oh, where you been? <laughs> Let me jump back a little bit. But they also had a car uh, car show. Uh, Ferraris, Lamborghinis, Maseratis. I mean, it was... So uh, pretty much what's parked in your garage. The the one down in Atlantic City, that garage. Yeah. Not the one in Philly. No, your personal garage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. You, you brought your cars out for the sun today. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of Sunday stroll, Sunday drive. Mm. And then we also had another... Uh, uh, catering event at the uh, Simone Car Museum in Southwest Philadelphia. Really? Yeah. I mean, if anybody has never been there before and you're a, sc- a car enthusiast, enthusiast, it's a good word. Uh, <laughs> word of the day. Uh, yes. And um, <clears throat> great place to go see. It you is got cars from the 30s and a little bit under the cars that were in Le Mans. And the real, real cars, like yeah, no, yeah, they weren't replicas. These are the ones that were in and won the race. Some might have lost, but they were still unbelievable. That place, and even some of them, they even have like the flags, the official flag. Yes, yes. And you can cater events there too. You can. Yes. Yeah. So contact them for any of your catering events. And you're sort of what, like the espresso guru for that hall. We're working on that. So ask for us. <laughs> Had to be yeah. specified, yeah. but. As we were mentioning all this wonderful food in the studio, we're just going to give a quick, quick peek of what we have. Because we're going to get to a, a larger segment later on. But we've got someone sitting in studio. It's the culinary director of Foodie Hall, Chef Georgian Lemming. Leeming. Leeming. I was close. Yeah, it was close. Uh, I, yeah. 
should probably ask before the show. That, that would have been helpful. Have, <laughs> I should have asked you when you were talking the other days. <laughs> Sorry. But describe to everyone what we have in studio, this amazing spread. So we have a little bit from us, some of our each of our concepts. So we got you some truffle mac and cheese, our uh, crisscrossed Italian hoagie with uh, dry-aged capicola and prosciutto, mortadella. I have some Italian bombolini for you with a, a blackberry lemon buttercream, some Dan Dan noodles for a little spice for you guys, uh, braised pork asobuco with a creamy polenta, and then a Detroit-style pizza, Mike's Hot Honey, sausage, pepperoni, all tasty. It was great, wasn't it? Yeah, I had to give kudos to the uh, truffle mac and cheese. I have to say it's my my favorite. And, uh, Chef, where do you uh, dream up of all your concepts? Well, the concepts themselves were kind of, uh, you know, put together with the the partners. They decided to, you know, what they wanted me to menus to create for them. So we started out with, you know, a couple of different concepts, and they said, you know, creamy menus so once we got down okay you need the burger you need the fried chicken sandwich you know you start with your basics and then we worked into you know the mac and cheese the the dondo tacos canting noodle bar um fornire which you know is the italian which is the last one we opened but it's more nearest dearest to my heart since i am uh you know italian as well so congratulations um, so that yeah <laughs> so i've been waiting to open this one up this one i was most excited about so um i mean i love doing all kinds of cuisines but it's like you know the one that you know really that's your comfort food yeah. you know uh, the, the inspiration that you put into it is is top notch. I mean, you must spend nights thinking about the concept that you're going to do for each ghost kitchen that you're you want to call it the concept kitchen. Yeah, we call, call it virtual food hall is what we're calling ah. it since it's takeout delivery, you know, and and just because uh, we feel it's a little bit more than um, what some of the ghost kitchens really came up with. You know, we we've really taken it to that next step. So, um, you know, and just the menus, like it's all about, you know, besides putting really a lot of thought into the food, also trying to, you know, get it to you as well with packaging and and everything like that. So, yeah, for people that don't understand what a ghost kitchen is uh, or a concept kitchen, you want to give a little bit of brief on exactly what you do and how you do it? So basically, uh, you know, we don't have... um, On-site dining. It's all takeout and delivery. Um, But people walk in, they're like, you know, what is this place? So they walk into this huge kitchen. We have a 4,000-square-foot kitchen. And then basically down the line is all our different restaurants, even though they're all our own. um, They all have their own identity. So there's Fourniere Italian Kitchen. So everything's all trademark and their individual name. But it's all underneath Foodie Hall. So Foodie Hall is the site. Uh, It's in Cherry Hill on Olney Avenue. And actually built in an industrial park area because, you know, since it's takeout and delivery, we didn't need to be on a prime spot. And, uh, yeah, so it just – you go online, you're going to see Foodie Hall, and then you'll get to choose from the different restaurants. And the whole point is you can get delivery for this and that instead of or, so you don't have to choose anymore. So, you know, you want you want pizza or your mac and cheese, but he wants a burger. But, you know, your kid wants chicken fingers. Yeah. You can get everything, you get everything one delivery. One yep. Wow, that's incredible. I guess it takes out all the guesswork at night. Though. What are we going to make tonight? Exactly. So you get, you know, something for everybody. I mean – Salads, you know, anything. There's, there's plenty to choose, and desserts. And we have warm baked cookies. You know, and we have your beverages. So it's, we think we pretty much have almost everything covered. We're going to be opening a few more concepts too, but it's a good start. <laughs> and I, and the concept too is, I was in Maryland about a month ago, maybe a little longer, and it was in Cantonville, Maryland, I believe, and they called it, oh, shoot, uh, sort of a hall of some sort. Mm-hmm. But what it is was, you went in. And it was a screen as soon as you walked in. And there was about 10 different restaurants there. And you ordered whatever you wanted, but it was all Asian-themed. Okay. This, uh, I think it was called Asian Hub, Asian Hub Hall. And went in, you ordered it. Each kitchen was its own, but boom, your entire order came out. Together. Together at one time. And the business they were doing was tremendous. But I, I liked how they also had the idea of having it sort of a food court style mm-hmm. thinking as well because they had plenty of seating in there as well with crane games and arcades and all of that. So I think that would be something that you guys would really excel at because obviously you, you've got the pattern down of what needs to happen mm-hmm. for multiple concepts at once. Yeah, it's pretty much just like, you know, we put this down as our blueprint for if we open a second one or a third one or, or franchise. So, you know, it's already got, you know, the recipes, the concepts, everything's there. 
take it and go to the next spot and figure it out. Now, what was it that drew you to this concept? Because obviously you, your resume is is very large and impressive. And for anyone who doesn't know about you, describe your culinary background. So I've been around for a little bit now, about 22 years. Um, so I've got, I mean, I've had my own restaurants in Philly. Um, I'm a chop champion. Uh, I was also on Man vs. Master, which was on Hulu, and I worked for Gordon Ramsay in, uh, in Atlantic City. Um, so, yeah, been around, done a lot. Um, really, I, I found out with the project, uh, Dan's um, girlfriend actually worked at Harris as well. And once the, when we were during the pandemic time, we were all out. Um, she reached out to me, said, you know, hey, listen, these guys have this concept they want to tell you about. See if you're interested in, you know, signing on. So... You know, explain it to me. Sound like it was fun. Something like, cause I, even my restaurants in Philly, it was always, you know, I wanted to do any cuisine I wanted on my menu. So be able to do all these different ones, because it's hard to say I have a favorite. Um, but I just like, you know, different taste. Yeah, I, I, I could, I could see the, 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 the quality of the food that you're using. The ingredients are, are all top notch ingredients. Um, you know, you can't. I mean, the, the hot sauce, the honey, the hot honey that you use is really, mm -hmm. really well. It's done nice. Uh, just enough spice to where you're not choking when you're eating, <laughs> eating the pizza. Plus, the bread just, helps. Just enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Detroit is a thicker bread. Yeah. yeah. So that helps out a lot. Um, so explain about your chop. I'm always interested. I watch it on TV. It's like I'm like a little kid. Uh, I said, it's kind of old my, news my wife, now. Yeah, my wife goes, <laughs> what are you doing? I said, they're that chop. What's going to be in that basket? <laughs> Yeah, it's, I mean, it's been a few years now. Actually, I had filmed it, like, right as I was trying to open my restaurant in Philly. It uh, didn't air until, you know, obviously, like, six months later, so I was waiting on that. But, um, I mean, it's legit. You don't know what's in the basket. It is true true to form. I know a lot of things are set up, but um, it is hectic and crazy. It was a long day. You know, I started, like, 6.30 in the morning, got down at 8.30 at night. So, like, uh, mentally-wise, it's a long yeah, day, you know? Right. So, um, but it was cool, you well, know? Plus, to think about putting these ingredients together. I mean, you know, they come out for... For, for dinner, and they have refried this and uh, dried out this. and But do you, but do you yeah. know what the most important question most days are, Don, especially in any kitchen? You probably know this, Chef uh, Georgian. Where's the beef? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, anybody of any age will know what where's the beef. <laughs> <laughs> and thankfully, we've got the perfect person online to talk about beef up for dinner tonight. Because we're going to talk with Jessica, who's come out with a fantastic new book, 50 Mouthwatering Recipes for Ground Beef, Steaks, Stews, Roasts, Ribs, and More. It's called Beef It Up, because I'm sort of beefy, Don. <laughs> How's it going tonight, Jessica? Good. How are you guys? We're doing great. So we have this uh, full show-stopping recipes that are quick and budget-friendly. And you're also the creator of the wildly successful, I mean, hundreds of thousands of followers and uh, uh, interactions with savory experiments. People love that. It's a food and lifestyle blog. So uh, how did the idea for Beef It Up come about? Um, long story short, I've been involved with Certified Angus Beef Brand for many, many years, and I've worked directly with the cattle ranchers here in the U.S., and I feel very passionately about it. So when Story Publishing wanted to do a beef book, they contacted me, and I did not hesitate to say yes. I wanted to be bring beef back to people in a new and modern way, but also not necessarily take it off the grill, because I love grilled meat, but there are a lot of folks out there that don't have access to a grill um, or don't feel comfortable grilling. So we took a lot of comfort classics and put a modern spin on them, whether it was portion size or adding in more vegetables and making things more colorful or just making tr old traditional things like braising a little bit easier. Like there's a, a speedy beef bourguignon and stuff like that. So you can have the fancy stuff and you can elevate it, but you can also do super simple weeknight meals with beef. Without a doubt, I'm a meat eater. There's no if, and or buts about it. Uh, my, my cardiologist and my doctors would probably say I shouldn't have as much as I do, but I love it. I'm a carnivore, darn it, Don. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm right behind you. <laughs> but, and uh, before you answer the question, I'm going to quiz Chef Georgian, who's who's uh -oh. in studio. 
Because I okay. know Jessica <laughs> knows this answer because it's it's definitely an important aspect of her cookbook. But I'm going to throw it to you first, Chef. Mm-mm. What okay. are the four S pillars? The S pillars? Oh. Oh. oh, we have. I think you're going to. As soon as Jessica soon as she says, to, I'll probably like know yeah. you're talking yep, about. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jessica, we Chef has uh, tagged in chef. you. Yes, she has tagged you in. Okay, great. Um, the four S pillars are salt, sauces, swaps, and seasonings. So those are the four ways that I really teach my my readers and my followers how to elevate any meal, whether it's Kraft macaroni and cheese or a hamburger. If we take these four S's, and not always all four of them, but think about them a little bit outside of the box, we can take any recipe and make it a little bit more gourmet any day of the week. So it's really just kind of a think about it when you're in the kitchen. And I'm obsessed with salt, so I always just go to my salt cabinet and figure out what what salty, saucy favorites will, will make something taste better. Definitely. Now, obviously, there's a lot of cookbooks out there. There's a lot of choices. Everybody's looking for eyes and dollars. But what's the big difference and what makes this book different from other books, especially regarding meat? Well, the number one thing I think is most beef cookbooks really are are grill-centric or smoker-centric. And this is all, you don't need any special appliances. This is all in the kitchen. Everything can be done on a stove or an oven. There are notes in the side about slow cookers or pressure cookers. Um, no air fryer yet, but we do have a couple of notes there. But really what makes it stand apart is that it's more of a teaching cookbook. It's not just a, here's your recipe and here's a pretty picture. It's a, I want you to be a better home cook all the way around. So even in the first chapter, we have this wonderful grid of all of the cuts of meat demystified. What they're called in different geographic areas, different grocers will label them differently. And consumers tend to buy something that's the same size or shape that they think they need. But beef is different than chicken and pork. You Different cuts need to be prepared different ways to really make them shine. So we give you the best cooking methods for each cut and, and help you learn how to be a better consumer at the meat counter, and then also take these recipes and really customize them. I encourage people to make each recipe their own. They're great base recipes, but then I want you to put your own spin on them. And that's fun. It makes cooking fun again. It's not a chore. It should be something you enjoy doing, and you're proud to serve to your family. I mean, it, it, it's impressive, and I think that's why your uh, cookbook's so wonderful, and, and especially your blog. I mean, with, your followers are, are used to these sort of things that you're putting out. But uh, summer's here, Don, isn't it? Yes, it is. So I don't know about you. I, well, I, I do know about you, Jessica, because obviously I've read the book. We, we've seen the blog. And <laughs> I want to impress my friends. So what's the perfect summer meal? I, I want to be the host with the most. Well, you know, I've you can't go wrong with a really good hamburger. In fact, that's what I served my family tonight. It's actually my son's third birthday, and that's what we did was hamburgers with some hot honey and cherry pepper spread, which was amazing. But um, if you really want to impress people, there you cannot go wrong with either a pan-fried steak, which is only like 10 minutes, or a uh, mushroom. I usually use porcini, crusted ribeye with a balsamic glaze or some really good herb compound butter. And there's also some bonus recipes in there for sauces and compound butters because those always elevate any meal. That sounds good, doesn't it? It does. My mouth is watering. I'm, I'm going to be the king of the summer this year. 2022 is my year. <laughs> I feel it. A little bit of beef. Where's the beef? Where's the beef? Beef it up. That's where it's at. <laughs> <laughs> but we ask every guest who calls in, and I know everyone hates it when we ask this question, but what is your favorite recipe in the book, and what's the story behind oh, it? Beef pad thai. Hands down, beef pad thai. It is this pad thai sauce that I just love. It's so easy. It takes six ingredients, and it comes together in 20 minutes because it's just such a quick stir-fry. But it's my use-up-everything-in-the-vegetable-crisper recipe, like a nub of zucchini and some extra onion and garlic. It has so many veggies in it, and I can use so many different cuts of beef that I can just quickly stir-fry. But it also is 
great for feeding a ton of people because if and get don't get me wrong i love beef but there are some people in my life that don't so i can make shrimp they should and not be your friend and, <laughs> right i know i know some people lead really really hard mixed protein relationships i don't know how they do it my husband's very much a beef eater so i don't have to worry about that but um i also have a bunch of gluten-free friends and it, it with rice noodles it's it's naturally a gluten-free recipe so it kind of checks off all those boxes but i also like hanging out with my friends and i don't want to spend all night in the kitchen if i'm serving them dinner i want to be sitting at the table drinking wine so it's just an easy meal for me to throw together that everybody always loves and checks all the boxes for all of my all my people awesome awesome so i have another question because I like to be educated. I like to sometimes feel as though I'm the smartest person in the room. That's why I usually sit alone by myself, Don. <laughs> that's in why, a quarter. That's why you invite me in. <laughs> in, in, in a quarter. You are the smartest person in the room. But one of the things, and I, I'm always interested in, in what uh, a chef's point of view is or, or someone who's a professional in this field is, do I always need prime or is it okay to buy choice or select great meats? Because you go in and you're like, hmm, usually that means it's a better quality. So, but yeah. maybe I want to save a few pennies, but I could probably do away with something a little. Isn't it okay? You tell me. You're the expert. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. I love this question. This is such a good question. So cattle, when they're marked, are, are marked by the entire carcass, not by the select cut. So sometimes if you're a savvy shopper, you can find choice or so even select that's actually been graded on maybe a different part of the cow that wasn't as marbly and flecked as the other pieces were. So sometimes you can find them kind of mislabeled and grade up and pay less. But also if you know how to cook a piece of meat well and the right way, like which cut needs slow and low with lots of moisture and which one is better off on like a quick high heat sear and you know the correct salts or what needs to be tenderized whether it's manual or with a marinade or you can make any piece of meat shine regardless of how it's graded and right now beef is actually the most economical protein for people to be buying you can get ground beef or a flank steak or a sirloin and use just a pound to feed a family of four if and it's cheaper than chicken so it's really a good good bet for high quality protein so the answer really is where's the beef it's helping out my pocketbook that's where that's where the beef is it's been hiding out all these years (laughs) you know wagyu <laughs> Did I say that right? <laughs> good job, Don. Yeah, it's good stuff. I mean, I've had it over in Japan. It's really good stuff. But, but do you need that all the time? No, no, it's a delicacy. So we have some big events coming up. So you, you already know I like to be the host. I, I like to be the host with the most. So we have big, big menus that we need to plan for, such as Father's Day and, and Fourth of July. What's your mm-hmm. suggested menus for? these sort of events? Well, so I, you know, a lot of this book, I'm not going to lie, is like main meals. I am the type of person that loves a whole bunch of small bites. Like I'd rather have a bunch of appetizers and be able to try a whole bunch of things than have one big meal. So I love my fancy beef crostini. It's actually made with a really rare roast beef, so it requires no cooking at all, which is awesome. Um, And our beefy white queso, you can't go wrong with cheese. And I also, in the summertime, can't say no to a salad. And people always overlook beef on salads unless it's like a traditional steakhouse salad. But we have a couple, like a lemony Brussels sprout salad that has Brussels sprouts and potatoes or Southwest steak with Chipotle ranch dressing. And those are awesome to serve alongside something else or as a starter. And it's a little bit lighter of a meal and, of course, has all that veg in it. So I'd probably just do appetizers and a salad. I think we're going to be very popular this this. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be over. 2022 is my year. That's the goal. You're always welcome. We're always cooking. How about how about you, Chef? You got any beef beef questions? Beef? You want to beef it up here? <laughs> no, I'm pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I eat way too much beef, but uh, yeah, I, I do cook a lot of meat. Yeah, I'm definitely not a could be a vegetarian. So. <laughs> but I want to say. Uh, 
it, it, you couldn't be more timely, as you mentioned. Uh, beef it up. 50 mouth-watering recipes for ground beef, steaks, stews, roasts, ribs, and more. Thank you so much for joining us. It was such a pleasure. Please uh, feel free to share social media, website, or anything like that before you go. Sure. You can find everything, including all of our social media, on savoryexperiments.com. And sign up for our newsletters. It's always me behind the computer, so I love to talk to people and answer questions. Thank you. Have a great night. Have a good night, evening. Thank you. You too. And uh, just a little highlight on the uh, the event that we did uh, today. Um, I'm so happy to see more people get out. You know, I don't know how the the traffic is at your at your kitchen concept. I know it's a virtual, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't know if the calls are getting uh, more frequent. More people are, are accepting the uh, that the COVID is on its way hopefully on the way out completely. But uh, like I said, I saw people I haven't seen in two or three years uh, out and about, uh, enjoying it, no masks. Everybody was happy. So um, I don't know if you do any catering events out of your... Uh, We just actually just started a catering menu. I was trying to get all the concepts open. Um, Actually, though, uh, event-wise, we're going to be at the uh, Chamber of Commerce event tomorrow night at the Boathouse. Um, so the Cameron County Boathouse, uh, so doing a, an event there. So we're yeah, trying to get out. Last uh, about two weeks ago, I was at the Dish It Up for Women Against Abuse in Philly. So yeah, we're trying to get out there now and you know well, get support. back to that get yeah. back to that normal feeling of being able to do events. So well, which is really good. Um, it's always good when you when you give back to uh, the community, uh, the ones that support you, and um, that's why I, I I do plenty of events, not to boast what I what I do, but. Um, I've had people call me and, and I come out and set up espresso bars mm-hmm. and give out free coffee to have people come in and, and, uh, help, help the, uh, the organization or charity yep, to, yep. to move ahead. And, and, uh, I, I think a lot of, a lot of, I think a lot of chefs and people in the uh, food industry, or are used to the, doing they're very giving people yeah. yeah you know it's, it's about you know as a chef where it's part of our job to feed the community whether it's paid or not you know um so over the years yeah it's always been very important to me to support you know when i was in philly we did a lot of events with phil abundance um and just different organizations and uh you know alex's lemonade and such but uh you know it's which is part of you know we'll get to later about you know part of our right. mission you know well i think with now's as good as any to talk All about right. <laughs> meal for meal program because uh, you guys, I mean, talk about a, an impressive number of doing good. Why don't you describe what Meal for Meal program is and what you guys are doing with it? Yeah, so we've, what we're doing is we partner with Feeding America. So for every uh, you know entree meals we sell, we donate a meal. Um, and we'll have Feed America will donate that to our local food banks and such. Um, so, yes, so you know we've only been open about three months now, but we already have over 7,000 meals we've donated. So, you know, by the end of the year, you know, the numbers are going to look great. And uh, like I said, it's always been very important to me as a chef, um, you know, to help feed people. During the pandemic, I was out there helping a couple different groups with, uh, you know, feeding those with food insecurity or couldn't get out of their homes. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it's a great point that we have that as a part of our mission because it's all about giving back, you know, and, and uh, there's people that aren't as fortunate out there that, that need our help. And it's amazing to me how certain aspects of society have individuals doing good and and it's very visible and one of the biggest i would say visible individuals if is chef okay uh, yeah Mm -hmm. why do you think is it because everyone knows hunger everyone knows that food is fuel that we need it to survive do you think that's why chefs are a little bit more in touch with charity missions such as that and making sure that the community is served i I think so i mean food is one of our basic needs in life and the fact that there's so many there without it um you know we have the ability with our hands to do something simple as make food you know and that's you know, might not be able to do much more than that sometimes, but that I mean that means a lot for people who you know go by you know can go a few days without eating a meal. So you know, just us going in the kitchen, throwing some things together, and seeing their faces—people that really appreciate the fact of what we can do. So, 
I mean, it, it's great. And and like you said, for being uh, how new you guys are to be making such a large impact is impressive and amazing all, all in itself. I mean, Don, it's huge. Yeah, to give away uh, your, your – not give away, but to use your time for a good productive um, charity or, or a good productive uh, uh, thing that you're doing – to help the community, it, it speaks volume for words and, and how much they care of and they're are proud of what they can do with food that most people look at and, and they're like, I don't know what to do with that. And, and teaming up with Feeding America. Feeding America is the largest hunger relief organization in the United States. Uh, let me give you a couple numbers, Don, because I, I think once you hear numbers, we'll be like, wow, they serve... 60,000 food pantry and meal programs providing it for 40 million people which includes 12 million children and 7 million seniors that's staggering <sighs> when you put it in numbers yeah. like that staggering staggering and you think of the United States and things like that sometimes it becomes in the back of our mind like uh, some problems aren't brought to the light that they should be. Mm. So for you guys to really step it up and say, hey, this is our mission. We're new. We're doing great things. But this is one of our main important goals. Great job, I of Foodie Hall. Thank you. Uh, great job. But uh, going back to the food. <laughs> I can't stop thinking about all the wonderful things that you brought in studio. You have so many concepts. How many concepts is there again? Right now, seven, but we need to get up to ten. So, you know, but we've got the, the seven initial menus I wrote open now. So so what is – did we go over the original seven? Since, all right, well, I haven't gone through each one yet. Let's but go through can, each one. Right, Why right. not? Why okay. not? We're here. We got you. You won't be back, I'm sure. Most guests never return. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how you treat me by the end. I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, so we'll start off with Zenix. Uh, that's our burger concept. Um, that was one of our first ones we opened, and we use the Frida meat. So, you know, the burgers are good for Mika rolls, so very great quality. It's a smash burger. Um, then we have our Simply Fowl, which is our Jersey fried chicken sandwiches. Um, when I had my place in Philly, I actually had best fried chicken sandwich in Philly by Philly Mag in 2016. So I brought that recipe over. Um, we do use a chicken thigh as our base, but you can substitute for chicken breast, grilled or fried. Also, we have, uh, we're working with Tyndall plant-based chicken. It's a little bit newer in the country. Um, my friend Chad Rosenthal had uh, actually introduced it to me. He has this motel fried chicken concept in Philly. And so um, actually that's through a lot of our menus. But once again, grilled or fried, you can get that. So we have a lot of uh, vegetarian options as well. Uh, canting noodle bar. Um, so we have you know, things like Dan Dan noodles. We have uh, spring uh, spring rolls with shrimp and vermicelli that we make. Um, uh, ramen. We make a smoked brisket ramen. Um, then we have Dondo tacos. So Dondo, we have the Berea tacos, of course, you have to have right now. Um, one of my favorites is the Korean pork taco, which is really great. It's almost like a bulgogi base and then the green dragon sauce for a little spice. Um, then we have uh, mac and toasty. So we have the mac and cheese bowls as well as grilled cheese sandwiches. So, of course, we've got your basic, you know, short rib grilled cheese and original, you know, original grilled cheese. But we also have some cool sandwiches like grilled fluffernutter sandwich. So peanut butter jelly and fluff on the thick Texas toast. Uh, the Elvis, peanut butter, banana, bacon. Got to have something like that. You know, you got, especially in Jersey now, since legal people need a sweet end, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, get yeah. all the, get all the everything in. I think that should be like a, a promo, a combination that you can get married with a Elvis <laughs> and then that's the meal. There you go. <laughs> and people probably have done it or will do something like that. So, you know, see some crazy ones. Uh, then we have, what else? Crisscross pizza. So we are, we have the Detroit pizza. Does it make you want to jump, jump? <laughs> <laughs> Once again, updated probably, Don. I'm, I'm just going to say how many people probably wow. just got that, but you know, <laughs> I, didn't even I got get that. you though. Yeah. <laughs> Don, Don's like, fill me in, please. Yeah. We'll look at you after the show. Because <laughs> there was that, just that little time frame that <laughs> 90s, but anyway. Um, <laughs> and so we have Detroit style. We also have a thin, thin cross style for that concept as well. Um, and uh, that one is actually has our nice Italian hoagie here, chicken parm, uh, Italian. Um, uh, meatball hoagie meant to say so uh of course house made and um the last one was the fourniere so 
you know, some great pasta dishes. We've got the uh, pork asabuco. We've got salmon, chicken parm, chicken milanese. Uh, we have a pakari that's made with uh, chicken liver and, and pecorino and sage. It's really delicious. Uh, bucatini meatballs, of course. Uh, uh, bucatini carbonara with the actual guanciale versus the pancetta or bacon. So, um, you know, it's just been fun. You know, desserts, our main dessert concept through everything is big four-ounce fresh-baked cookies. Uh, so we actually warm them up and put them in a foil pouch so when the guest gets them, they're still warm. Mm-hmm. So, And then we also have some uh, Van Leeuwen ice cream pints so you can build your own ice cream sandwich at home if you want to. So, yeah, it's uh, the desserts have been very popular as well. That is impressive, I have to say. And Don, you've, you've visited this location. It was the most incredible kitchen I've ever seen in my life. Wow. You walk in and there's just a wall. Of equipment, very well clean, spotless, very well taken care of. You can see what they take care of their equipment. Nothing's run down. Um, they have this big conveyor belt run down the middle. And you just put the food on the conveyor. It just runs right up to the front, nice, hot. Uh, I don't know how they do it, everything, but it was incredible. How, how many uh, meals or items have you put out? On a busy night, honestly, I haven't even like looked at cake takeout yet because <laughs> it's so much. Because it's so many different, you know. I'm usually running around the kitchen, you know, because uh, I have three, uh, four sous chefs, excuse me, and we're all just hands on all the time. And um, obviously, with opening a new business and making sure everybody's trained, that's a lot of training on all the different stations. Um, so we're always just there, and you know, just you know, because that just sounds yeah. to me as though. I, and I, I know chefs love to be busy, that, and it's better to be busy than slow because yes. <laughs> you, you hate standing around and be like, oh, right, we got to fire this up now, that it, it's it's sort of second nature. When you're busy, it's just you know where everything's at. You know where your hands are going. It, it's got to be a sight to be seen to see everything going full speed, especially as Don mentioned with a conveyor belt. It's got to be like, yeah. wow. Well you, well, you have to come by sometime, you know. Uh, obviously, Fridays and Saturday nights are, are busiest, but, um, yeah, it's it's – you know, it's made for the ease of the cooks as well. So basically they package their product. They put it on the, the conveyor belt. We have Expo at the end. They package it up. We have warming shelves to keep the food hot or a refrigerator to keep it cold, depending on what it is. So at least we're trying to, you know, save that until, you know, far, you know before it gets to the delivery driver. Um, but, you know, you go to places, you know, any like fast food places that have, you know, takeout already waiting for you. And so it's on a wire rack. You know, we make sure it's hot or cold. Um but to see it all happening and then, you know, then the takeout window where the delivery drivers come up and pick up the orders at. So it's just, you know, boom, boom, boom. And it's like this whole, you know, it's a 4,000 square foot kitchen. So it's a, it's a lot to see. So uh, you want to come by and take a tour sometime. It's kind of fun to fun to look at. Yeah, definitely. Now, you said you have three more concepts coming. Mm-hmm. Is it top secret or are we allowed to? Uh... Well, they're not decided yet, but we know we want to uh, expand our salad to have a salad concept. We have a few salads right now. Um, but nothing crazy. Actually, I just started for. I just got some nice local strawberries in, so I'm doing a strawberry and goat cheese salad this weekend. Or um, that could be a concept, yeah. like yeah. So, smoothies, healthy smoothies, and all that sort of stuff. Well, the only thing is, right now we, we're watching with just using prepackaged bottled drinks, so we don't spill anything during delivery. That's so that would be. I mean, obviously, we could fi- figure that out, but we'd have to find out the the right way to do that to make it to the guest properly. Um, but definitely a salad concept with you know your grains and such. We want to do probably a bigger dessert concept because our dessert do sell very well um so we want to expand that um and probably either a cold sandwich or jewish deli type of of concept um you know we we do we can uh we have a big rationale oven that we can smoke in so we do a smoked brisket for our ramen actually so you think we could do you know i mean actually my place in philly too i have experience we used to make my own bacon pastrami and all that so we have experience in you know doing all that so i mean it's limitless what we can do honestly um but it's just deciding you know what would Focus be the best on what, yeah, yeah, and then we of course have to go through all, all the steps we did with everything else and trademark it and, and brand it and logo it since everything has its own identity. Like I said, and do you come up with the idea of the names? How how, how does everyone come about? We put a names in a hat, be like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the the business owners had uh, came up with some of the original names, and uh, you know, I try to throw my names in, but I get a little goofy with names. Just I mean, my places in Philly was sandwich and supper. Like, hey, what's for supper? You know, so I mean, I get crazy with names, so I I, I would want some. Different directions, but uh, you know they're good. And the biggest problem with that is to, to trademark a name. You have to something that's first of not been out there already, mm-hmm. but also it can't be a very common name. Like for vegetarian, you're like veg veg 
French table or something like that. You can't. It's vegetable. So it's really, really hard actually to get a name that you can actually trademark and use and that, you know, actually, you know, sounds okay. <laughs> so that isn't offending someone. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> gotta whisper it on the phone when you're ordering. Like, what did he just say? <laughs> I'm ordering dinner, leave me alone. <laughs> but what kind of concept would you like, Don? I would like a Caribbean concept. Caribbean would be nice. I would like to have a nice coffee concept. <gasps> mm. Just throwing it out there. Interesting. That would be interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, you know, we're not uh, you know, against bringing in other people, and partnering with them with their ideas as well. But it doesn't have to be all our own. So you know. Oh, you know, threw the ball back you know, in your yeah. the Ball well. <laughs> <laughs> I caught the ball. <laughs> <laughs> you know, be in touch. We got numbers, right? Yeah. yeah we do. We do. <laughs> so. You've got seven concepts. Obviously, you've already been, you've seen how we do things on this show. What's your favorite concept? Oh, that's so mean to say. It is. Um, it is. That's probably why most yeah. people don't come back. Well, you know, it's funny, too, because any of these shows you do, they say, well, what's your favorite thing to make? Or what's your signature dish? And I'm like, well, if you have a signature dish that you've had for 20 years, you're not evolving as a chef. So I always hate those questions. And a favorite thing is, like, clearly, it's hard. It depends on my mood of the week. I mean, at the end, it's always, I mean, my heart is always going to be Italian. It is what it is. Good answer. Good answer. I mean, you know, the Sunday gravy, you know, it's, it's you know, part of, you know, my my coming up, you know, my heritage and everything. So, um, but, you know, but I'd love anything with flavors. Like, you know, you give me, give me, I'm a cilantro lover. And some people don't like it. Their taste buds are screwed up. I understand. Um, but, you know, a lot of, a lot of seasoning and flavor and spice. And that's why I just love, like I said, the diversity, whether it, whether it is like the Asian or, or the Mexican concepts, just, I like food. <laughs> so, and I made, they're on my menu. So I hope I like them all, but you know, yeah, I think at the end of the day, you know, I was very most excited about finally getting Fournier open. So. Nice. Nice. So how about you, Don? Which which one out of everything that you had tonight? I know you, well, you were like, raving about I, the mac I and cheese. I love the mac and cheese truffle. Well, for some reason, the, na- the last year, I have a friend of mine that imports uh, from Italy, and he brings all these different like truffle salt, truffle mayo, truffle, truffle ketchup, ketchup yeah. truffle mustard, um, dry truffle in the so instead of black pepper, it's mm-hmm. dry truffles, and you nice, put it on. Yeah. So I've been experimenting with them and and. Uh, like the 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 the, the, the visitor the visitor uh. <laughs> the guest that we just had with the uh, crostini I like the crostini with the truffle mayo with the with the roast beef I could eat them all day oh. but I also like the idea with the the chicken livers that mm-hmm. that you're that you make there's not that many places use chicken liver they all use beef liver I don't mm-hmm. know because it's so big it fills out the plate. A good my mom used to make chicken liver. I should be the first one home. So let's ask she has the opinion. Why do they use beef liver most times? I don't know, honestly. The only place I've, I, I uh, when I was at a restaurant in Atlantic City, we had a veal liver. But yeah, I don't know. I, I personally don't care for liver myself. But the chicken liver, the pockery, like I'll eat that. Like, but for the most part, I'm not an awful person. I don't like you know innards and such. More creamier. Yeah. Than the other livers, the chicken liver. Yeah, plus uh, with puree, and then once you cook it in there with the starch, with the pasta, water in the pasta, and the cheese, it just gets all creamy and just coats it. And it's even better. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know why this just came to me all of a sudden. Because my mind just you had every, a thought <laughs> every direction. But I was thinking of a thought for a concept. Cause, okay. Because uh, I, I just love this idea. It, it speaks. I love the idea that you're one destination for everyone for anything. Like, if you want Asian, you got it. You want a sandwich, got it. You want a full blown meal, got it. Pizza, got it. I love that because that's one of the most difficult times when it's like dinner time. What do you want? I want this. I don't want this. I want. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants something different. So I love the concept. One spot takes it all, but. There is, especially at my house, and I'm usually the one who vetoes it because I'm not a big fan of it, but there are large fans of it. Breakfast. You're trying to make me work even more, aren't you? Coming in early in the morning and do breakfast. That's no, 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 no. Breakfast for lunch. <laughs> breakfast. Because there's so, a large amount of the population yes. that loves breakfast for dinner and late night. Yeah. I'm not asking you to come in early. <laughs> Not trying to do okay, that Okay, but we to do you. have a brunch pizza with egg on it and bacon and potato. Okay. We do have a brunch grilled cheese as well. Um, 
And but actually, it's something that we had thought about maybe doing like on the weekends, do brunch at some point. Um, when I had my place in Philly, I mean, Philly's all about brunches. I love brunches because um, actually, I just made for my crew today uh, sausage bis- biscuits and gravy. I make mm. really great. I make really great biscuits. It took me years to perfect it, but um, so but. I mean, breakfast, is, I mean, people do like breakfast. I'll eat breakfast for dinner. I mean, I don't think there should be a, any, you know, quote for anything. I mean, I'll eat, you know, I'll eat a steak for breakfast or, you know, or whatever, vice versa. Like, whatever you feel like at that time you eat. I mean, yeah. why is I'm there rules you. like that? I mean, come on. Darn it. You know? Why does society look at me this way? <laughs> but, yeah, like, somebody wants two pancakes and some scrapple. I mean, it's it, it's mind-blowing what, what you've been able to. It's sort of you've elevated – the concept of a Jersey diner, because pretty much that's the idea. That's the way I look at Jersey diners. It's like you're 20, 30 pages of food. Exactly. Yeah. But for the most part, it, it's one concept Yeah. where you guys are really taking the entire spectrum and throwing it out there. So I love that idea. I, I really do. What's the one thing that you would definitely want done? Well, that's a tough question. Everybody's supposed to save that for the chef, not not me. Well, uh, you're huh. in the studio. It's getting asked. It's the way we roll. Uh, I'm not nice to you like the guests are. I'm not buttering up and giving you easy uh, Italian uh, questions. No, I I enjoy a nice. If I could order a nice steak, medium, with the mushrooms and onions, on a nice with the with the garlic potatoes, it's a perfect meal for me. There you go. So, what's your perfect meal? Doesn't have to be a foodie hall. Uh, it's hard to say. Once again, it depends on my mood. I do well, yeah, love. That- I do love. Just um, probably a good part of when I worked at Ramsey Steak, just a really nice, fatty, well cooked ribeye steak. You know, just like I said, mushrooms, yeah, onions, yeah. and you know, yeah, potatoes. And stuff. I mean, I'm a I'm a potato person, a carb person, but um, just a very well done steak, especially on the grill this time of year. Whatever, just I have to have that 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 fat and that ribeye. Yeah. You know, so. So let's go to, as your uh, foodie hall mentions, you're an award-winning champion. What was the feeling when you went on to Chopped? And, well, first of all, because I know the first time I saw television magic, it's sort of like, wow, this is a lot different than I thought things are. <laughs> yeah, it's not, when you get there, it's like, oh, okay. It's like, yeah, there's a lot of cameras and a lot of equipment, and like, you know, then there's a little area that you actually do stuff in, and uh, it's a long day. And then what you see on TV at the end is like, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> they edited this this way, and then it actually looks like something. It's a 12 so. hour day into five minutes worth yeah. of real. Yeah, exactly. And actually, you know, then we had another day where they're doing the, 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 the before cuts. What do they call that? B rolls. The B rolls, you know. So, uh, and the funny thing was, they wanted us to come to our restaurant, but we hadn't even officially signed the lease yet. It was in Northern Liberties, so we made our we made a sign, real cool sign, put, hung it up, and we I, I walk like we're walking around and pointing. Oh, we're going to do this, and we're going to do that, and you know, act like you know, and you know, they were nice enough to let us in at the time. Um, but uh, and then I went to the culinary school ACC where I uh, went to school at, and they let us use their kitchen and do the that part and all. So, um, but yeah, it's it's. it's craziness like it's people don't understand it's a long stressful mind you know day just like and the funny things people say uh you know about eating for your lunch in between it, it was pretty crappy food you know? it's like wow it's the food network and i'm having this for lunch i'm like you know okay but you know you're really just too stressed out to eat anyway so and it's a yeah. lot of wait wait no wait wait okay hurry up yeah it, it it you wait for two hours and then it's like okay we've got to rush like maniacs for five minutes yeah and I mean, because I mean, the time of the frame of the, you know, obviously the each competition being 15, 20 minutes, whatever it is, is true. But everything else in between is just such a long, spread out day. And then they want to pull you back for your interview so you can trash everybody in between. And, you know, ooh, who do you think's going home? I'm like, uh. Not me, sucker. <laughs> I'm like, well, the one person's chicken was wrong, maybe her. You know, it's like, you know, it's like, but they, on TV, it's like, I'm saying, oh, that woman's a bee. You know, I'm like, I didn't say that. You know? uh, uh. <laughs> the editing, you got to get that magic in there. Mm-hmm. Got to get the drama. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, Don, you remember when we one time me and you went up to do the uh, one television show? Yeah, Ram- uh, Gordon Ramsay, uh, twenty four hour to something, twenty four hours to something to something. Yeah, the hell and back. I think the hell and back. Yeah, there you yes. go. And, and it's like. All right, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. All right. We waited like five hours to get into the place. (laughs) And that's like, all right, we're doubting. It's cold. They were all like. Oh, it was like 10 degrees outside. (laughs) 
But you have to be part of the magic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just couldn't wait to get in there because it was so freaking cold. <laughs> Huddling together. But how did it feel? Like in your wildest dreams, did you think you'd win? I mean, I like to think that I'm like every other chef that's like, you know, oh, yeah, I'm going to do what I got. But, you know, um, there had to be a part I, of it. I mean, I thought, I mean, I definitely thought I had a definite chance to do it or I well, wasn't yeah. going out there, you exactly. know. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I was, I was, I was happily surprised at the end because, you know, at the end of the day, it's not who really is the best chef on that show or many shows. It's who doesn't screw up the most or, you know, any given, um, you know, because each one, you know, think they just throw these curveballs at you. Mind you, our stuff wasn't that bad, what we had in our baskets. But, you know, just who makes the smallest mistake? Even when you see the judges compete and do it, you know, it's whoever makes, you know, the least mistakes or whatever at that given point. So um, I was just lucky enough where, you know, I was able to skate through a couple ones. You know, obviously I had issues on each course like everybody does. And just, you know, it was just, just enough to make it. And then, you know, the last decisions like in the final round of the desserts, the, the Ours were very similar. His was underbaked, his dough. We did a, you know, and I was like, okay, that made me win. So, I mean, but, I mean, it's great. Uh, I mean, I actually did a second episode, and I just don't talk about it because I lost that one the first round. But, (laughs) you know, um, I didn't defend myself either, you know, which I I should have done more because, you know. Well, if no one watched it, did it really happen? You know, people like to tag me when it does come on. You know, they, they still play. I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't know that. Yeah, one. That, was, like, that was my like, evil twin. You're like, shh, no, that's not me. That's not me. <laughs> Wasn't yeah. me. But and you had a career before cooking, and it was a preschool teacher. Now, who acts worse, preschoolers or kitchen staff? It's pretty darn close. No. Well, actually, let's say I compare, compare more to a high school than uh, preschoolers, but you know, um, yeah, you know, actually, I grew up. My family actually owned uh, pet stores and uh, Echelon Mall, Navori's, growing up. And um, I don't know when I was in high school, I went to Votech my senior year for childcare. wasn't even cooking or anything. And so, yeah, I worked in a preschool in Mocha Hill. And um, then one day I'm like, okay, well, I guess I need a job that I know I can make money in the future. What do I want to do? I'm like, ooh, I don't want to work with kids when they're older, they're brats. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't want to be a teacher for like, you know. And then I still don't even know what prompted me. I can't remember. So they always ask you that. What made you become a chef? What made you go to culinary school? I'm like, I really don't remember. I don't know. I just know that at the time maybe it was Big Food Network going on. You know, Emerald Lagasse, this and that. I'm not sure. Bam. You know, and I didn't start going until I was 22. So, you know, I went a little bit later. And, you know, I say I'm one of those people that are lucky enough that went to school the first time for something they liked and enjoyed and was good at. So, you know, it worked out well for me after all these years. And also you dabbled in food photography? Yeah, during the pandemic, I really, uh, you know, because all chefs, we love to take pictures of our food. But uh, during the pandemic, I took an online food photography course and just started, you know, having fun for my Instagram and really making some awesome photos and cooking because that's what we do. You cook during the pandemic. And my whole family is in the business. So um, it just drove them crazy because, you know, I'm like, no, you can't eat it yet. I got to take some pictures. Hold on. Half an hour later, can we eat? I'm like, okay, now it's ready. You can yeah. you can eat, you know, so. But the teaching bub. Blug. The teaching bug has never left you, though, correct? No, because I taught at the culinary school. Um, you know, I went back uh, before actually when I was still like um, really just consulting on this project. I was teaching at ACC or ACA, Academy of Culinary Arts. So I did two semesters there as an adjunct teacher, um, which is really cool because when you when you go to school that some of the, you've seen some of the instructors were there from when you were there, you know, and just knowing you've gone full circle, whereas like, you know, people are asking you, chef, chef, after you all these questions, you're like, I know the answers to these questions. You know, like I could show people. And it's really cool. And they also like having, you know, somebody that was a little bit more more recently in the business versus, you know, some great instructors. They're great instructors. But, you know, ones that have been, you know, they're a little bit more out of the, out of the business. So, and it's great, you know, just to see the, the new ones come up and be able to teach them. And I tell them the truth straight up. I'm like, you know, if you want to get in this business, you got to be able to give up your nights, weekends, holidays. You know, you, you want your feet and hurt. You're going to cut yourself. You're going to burn yourself, you know. And if they involve this, you still love it. It's yeah. for you. Yeah. Got to yeah. have that passion. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but I, yeah, I really enjoyed the teaching part of it. It was great. Yeah, I mean, Don has said the same thing as well. Holidays come up. Holidays for other people are not holidays for you in the hospitality industry. Yep. Or weekends. Exactly. <laughs> Our weekends could be, you know, Monday, Tuesday. I'm off. I'll say I'm like Monday, Wednesdays right now. That's my weekend split. <laughs> so, so it, and a lot of people in the hospitality industry. Have you gone with the method of having a uh, secondary holiday? Like I know some people say, well, um, they'll do Thanksgiving early or two weeks later. Mm -hmm. 
do you do that in your life, or do you yeah. pretty much just try to avoid it altogether? Yeah, we we do things when we can figure out when all of us can get together, and because like I said, my boyfriend is a chef, so um, you know. Us having the same days off doesn't usually happen. We get usually like one day off a week right now. Um, so that's even harder than my daughter. Um, she actually went to culinary school for baking and pastry, ACC as well. Um, she's home right now with her son, my grandson, and uh, and her fiance is actually in the business as well. So, How did you feel when your daughter wanted to go into the business? I was very surprised because, you know, coming up, you know, I had my own catering business for a while, you know, and, and I'd drag her around there and she saw like – I mean I had – I was pregnant with her in culinary school my first semester. So she was literally born into this business. And so I thought she'd never want anything to do with it, you know. And then she wanted to and she wanted to do the pastry end of it. And, you know, she does some really great stuff. And, you know, I, I was surprised. But, you know, of course, you know, I, I support her in it. And so it's just kind of cool to have something that we're all, you know, that we all like to do together and, you know. Got to be some fun and tasty family events at that house. Yeah, it's too much food all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we definitely love love to eat party. Actually, I am since we're closed on Mondays now uh, at Foodie Hall for a bit. I actually had a bunch of the team down, and you know we were just cooking and relaxing. So I live in Brigantine, so we're at the beach, you know, and and yeah, we have a you know our grill outside. We got the two side of one one propane, the other charcoal. We've got an outside Gosney pizza oven, Rockbox pizza oven. So we like to do that. And, you know, it's definitely about entertaining. I have a small yard, but I have, you know, my little gardens, raised bed gardens set up in there. And um, yeah, because I've been there a few years. I used to live in Buena Vista and had two acres. So it was a little bit downsizing and getting used to the lack of uh, earth to uh, to grow stuff in. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, we love to entertain and just feed people. And, you know, that's, that's awesome. Well, Chef Georgian, the culinary director of Foodie Hall. Why don't you give a website, social media, or anything like that? So, yeah, uh, foodiehall.com is where you can find all our information about us and order from all the different sites. Um, and on Instagram, as Foodie Hall uh, NJ. And then you can, um, you know, each each one actually has their own, the Fournier, the Dondo. So you can go through each one and find all that. Um but if you follow on Instagram, it's great because you, and we have a TikTok now as well. That's right, we have a TikTok. Ooh. So we have our one guy that does TikTok and just makes some great stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, you can, it's just good to keep up to see what other you know menus we be opening up or actually the weekly features. Because now that we're you know we're open, we're actually having fun now and and creating some more like you know, I don't like to call things specials because to me it denotes like you have stuff that you want to get rid of. You know, features are something you've thought of and created yeah, right, that you want right, to do. Right, like right. so, right now, like I said, we have the Jer- we have the strawberries. I'm doing this salad. I got some asparagus in this week, so I'm going to do something with the Jersey asparagus. I'm thinking more of a pasta. Great, so um, great. you know, I, I go to the pasta with that. So that's fantastic. Um, but at least you'll be able to see that if, if you keep it, you know, more on the social media of the Instagram. So. Well, we'll do. Thank you so much. And uh, we definitely can't end the show without talking to one of our favorite individuals. That would be Chef Barbie Marshall, our contributor. How's it going, Chef Barbie? Hey, how are you guys? We're doing great. How about yourself? I am doing fantastic. I am in Philly for Pride and having a ball. (laughs) (laughs) Well. Actually, uh, it's been a a couple of weeks. Um, I kind of want to recap that, you know, I did the Dish It Up competition for Women Against Abuse, and um, your last guest got an honorable mention. Oh! It was amazing. It was an amazing experience. Um, It was the first time that Women Against Abuse had held their Dish It Up competition, competition in person since the pandemic and the first time that they had it at the link. Um, there definitely is room uh, for donations still at womenagainstabuse.org um, because we know that domestic violence affects so many, um, not just women, but people, and anyone can be affected by that. You know, America's favorite sweetheart, we just saw that he has been a victim, and, you know, we don't talk about it enough. Wow. And I just left Little Pete's, and I miss old Little Pete's, but I feel like I need to remind everybody that Little Pete's is still at 2401 Pennsylvania Avenue, and I just had some amazing Saganaki Opa. Like, go in there, get yourself a small bite, and have a good time. The that. Roots Picnic was here this weekend. Philly is just amazing. This, this weekend has just been amazing, and food-wise. There you go. <laughs> exactly. But it's always great to hear from you, Chef Barbie. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Have a great night. Yes, 
Thanks. Bye-bye. All right, Don, why don't you kick it off? Um, Donato Marino. Uh, we have a new website, uppercasednlcoffeeservice.com, or you can find us on Facebook under DNL Coffee. There you go. I'm Derek Tim of BlueJeanFood.com. Uh, thank you very much to uh, Chef Georgian of Foodie Hall. We also had uh, Beef It Up with Jessica. And we end the show like we always do with a joke of the week from the legendary joke tower, Jackie the Joke Man Martlin. Hi, I'm Jackie Martling for Small Bites. A trucker goes into a brothel, hands the madam 500 bucks and says, I want your ugliest woman and a bologna sandwich. She says, really? For that kind of money, you could have one of my finest girls and surf and turf. He says, I ain't horny. I'm homesick. <laughs> Small bites. Small bites. <laughs>